0: Hey folks, how are you? Hope you had a uh, good weekend and a happy Halloween. I know it was the strangest Halloween we've had, but we actually managed to have a lot of fun. Um, Today is uh, All Saints Day, a Catholic uh, day of remembrance. It's also carrying over from the Day of the Dead, um, which is a... uh, Latin tradition of remembering those who have passed on. And uh, I'm celebrating both those as I remember those in my life and, and Kathy in our life who have passed on and uh, our moms and our dads and other loved ones. And we, uh, we memorialize them. And uh, a lot of people build altars, which is a pretty cool thing to do. Our altar is actually our refrigerator. <laughs> it's a daily altar. We've got uh, pictures of everybody. Uh, that have passed on and our, our loved ones there, and keep them in remembrance. So we celebrate that with all of you. I want to talk a little bit about politics. <laughs> you know what's really funny is a lot of people think I'm really political, uh, and I'm not. Not not as a, as a lifetime. Um, in fact, you know I've I've voted in every election since I was 18 years old, and have the right to vote, and uh, and yet. I'm 60 now, and through all these years, I have never contributed a dime to a political party, either the Democrats or the Republicans. And I've voted for both, Uh, uh, and my candidates have won, and they have lost. But I've never wore a hat, I've never put a bumper sticker in my car, I never went to a rally, I never uh, put a sign in my yard. Uh, But this year, it's different. Uh, These last four years have made me very active. Uh, and for the first time in my life, I've put a sign in my yard. For the first time in my life, I've uh, contributed money. Uh, for the first time in my life, I've actively helped a campaign. Uh, and, and I think why is because in my lifetime, from 18 to 60, every election, whether my candidate won or not, I was never in fear. I, I was never afraid. Um, listen, I for example, I... I voted against Bill Clinton twice. And yet, I can be honest, after his eight years, I was like, it was a a pretty good eight years as far as I was concerned. Uh, For me personally, um, Obama, same thing, right? Eight years, and uh, he never took my guns away. And I kept hearing he was going to take my guns away. We were going to take my guns away. That that never happened. Instead, I got health care. Uh, so I've, I've never been afraid and, and, and that was proven to be true every time one of my candidates that I chose lost. I was okay. Um, I'm not okay now. I haven't been okay for a while. And, uh, this is the first time in my life that I am actually terrified of what's ahead of us. So I've been involved, and I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what's going to happen, no matter who wins. Uh, but I know this. Uh, I, I'm not going to change um, what I've been the last four years and where I am today. I've, I've, I've recognized a few things about my country, this country I lived in. And for me, a lot of uh, myths have been exposed for what they are, you know this country does not have the greatest form of government on the planet. Uh, this democracy is incredibly uh, unstable and weak. Uh, the myth of us having you know this genius uh, republic with checks and balances of a, uh, a with, with the separation of, of of powers with the judicial brands and and the uh, and the legislative branch and the presidential branch that that 's all baloney there there's there's this this democracy is incredibly weak and fragile and uh, under attack right now, uh, and that 's not going to go away, so I am going to be continuing to call out uh, the abuses and the human rights issues of caging children and separating families. Uh, and I'm I'm for control immigration control, I, I really am, but I'm also tr- for treating people like human beings, uh, whoever they are. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the injustices, police brutality. I'm pro law enforcement, but what's happening across this country with systemic racism uh, to people of color uh, and the abuses and the lack of checks and balances within law enforcement is appalling. And I'm gonna be calling that out. Uh, I'm gonna be calling out the injustices to our elderly who are just being thrown under the bus uh, and those who are frail uh, because there's absolutely no plan to, to address this catastrophe of COVID-19. Uh, and still not. Hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying uh, because of this reckless approach not not approach. What's the plan? Let people die. That's the plan. So I'm going to be calling that stuff out, and I'm going to continue. Whoever's in the office, that doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by this parable that Jesus told, and I want to talk about it for a second, because I think it's also one of the most misunderstood parables. And the reason why is I think Luke got the understanding of the parable absolutely wrong, if Luke even recorded it. Anyways, it just happens to be in the Gospel of Luke, and we're not sure who wrote that. We, we don't know for certain, uh, and we don't know that for certain, and, and certainly I don't believe these people are infallible. I believe they're very fallible. I believe they could make big mistakes, and that's why we have lots of misunderstandings about uh, things in the Bible and the teaching of Jesus, because there's this notion that it's perfect. Uh, No way. But I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to give you my interpretation, and certainly it's not alone. There's a lot of scholarship behind this, But, uh, but it's a different interpretation than maybe you've heard of this parable. It's called the Parable of the Persistent Widow. I love it. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, I like the not give up part. Um... And I have nothing against praying, uh, but this entire parable mentions nothing about prayer. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that and think because the word prayer is mentioned that, you know, we got these prayer warriors that what we're supposed to do about injustices in the world is pray about them. Problems in the world, pray about them. And I'm like, no. I mean, I'm not saying you can't pray, but I'm going to say praying isn't going to do a damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. In my mind, not zero, zilch. Do I believe that prayer uh, changes things? Is there a benefit to prayer? Yeah, absolutely. For the one praying, I, I believe it's it's something that's meditative, and 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 what we pray and how we pray. Is there anything wrong with asking God for help? No. But to expect that your prayers are going to manipulate God to change things here on Earth—that uh, God isn't smart enough to change on His own—I I don't believe in that. So. I don't believe this is correctly understood and maybe you'll, you'll catch my drift in here. He said, Jesus in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) And there was a widow in that town that kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. Wow. Now, if you understand what it means to be a widow, a widow biblically, you understand what a predicament this woman is in. It was a terrible situation to be a widow in a, in a, in a male dominated world. And if you lost your husband, uh, you were very, very, very vulnerable. Now the Bible calls out the old Testament for the Jewish people to take care of widows because they are so vulnerable and, uh, especially, and, and, and yet this one has, has got a, an issue that's going on, an injustice that's happening to her. And she's going to the judge and asking for justice. Grant me justice against my adversary. But from, Jesus goes on and says, but for some time he refused. The judge didn't give a shit about the injustice. He didn't care about the person. He didn't care about justice. All the judge cared about was himself. Sound familiar? But finally, it says, Jesus said, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. He's fearing physically right now that this woman is going to persist in her demand of justice to the point that it's going to come to blows. That word, attack, is Piazzo. In the Greek it's a compound word hupo means over or under piazzo it means to punch I'm, I'm literally reading from Strong's concordance to hit someone under the eye to beat or disable an antagonist as a pugilist would it means to sock them in the eye to give them a black eye that's that's what the actual literal meaning is now, figuratively, it, it can also mean to tease or annoy someone into compliance. Is that great? Here, it, it goes on. To beat black and blue, that part of the face that is under the eyes. To smite so as to cause bruises. Metaphorically, again, to be to give one intolerable... Annoyance, to beat one out, to wear one out by entreaties. I love that. Because yeah. that's what you need to do sometimes to get justice. Jesus is saying this. And then Jesus says, as he concludes the story, listen to what the unjust judge has said. Will not God bring about justice god wants justice in the world for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night that that's a that, that's an old testament reference to to the the bondage that the jewish people were in in under pharaoh in egypt they cried out to god because of this terrible bondage and injustice and god set them free how well Remember the ten plagues? <laughs> that's how that's how he got the justice for them. He says, again, Jesus says, Will he keep putting them off? Because I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let me let me explain those last couple of verses. God says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. How? Through prayer? Hell no. Through actions, through work, through persistence, through pummeling, pummeling the injustices until they're made right. Right? And then he says, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? And a lot of people just read that like, oh, I have faith. I have faith. Faith is not belief in. Faith is trust in the program. Trusting in the teachings and the doings. Prayer is passive. Jesus is not calling us into a passive life. He's calling us into a present life. Filled With action. Being a Christian isn't about what we believe. It's about how we behave. There are people who've never heard of Jesus that are far more Christian than most Christians I know in the United States of America. Because being a follower of, of the program, a disciple, a devotee of Jesus, to follow his teachings means a radical change in life and how you live it and how you behave. And what's important to you. Ooh, I love this. As I said, I don't know who's going to win. And quite frankly, that has nothing to do with how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to continue to pummel for justice. I'm going to continue to beat down, annoy, knock on the door, pound, scream, yell, cry, protest, tear down the walls. If I need to. That's my plan and my program. That's what it means for me to be a Christian. God bless you. Keep you. Give you strength and peace. Bye-bye.